Would you turn to 3 John, please? 3rd Epistle of John. And uh, Psalm 35. A long, long time ago, I was preaching to you on uh, God's will is success. And uh, in looking and checking last night about what to do this morning, I believe I was not quite done. I think I needed to, to do at least one more session on this today. We'll see if this is it. But that'll be uh, our twelfth part of this series. So if you didn't get the first parts, they're available. You can go out in the lobby in the Word Supply and get a CD or DVD or quickest, easiest way is go online. Listen, download, look at it. Won't cost you anything. And around here we have a saying, uh, no charge means no excuse for not knowing it, not having it, not getting it. 3 John 2, just one chapter of 3 John, second verse, says, Beloved, I wish, other translations say, pray or desire, above all things, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, is this, how many believe this is the inspired Word of God? Well, if it's the inspired Word of God, it's God's revealed will for all people for all time. He's no respecter of persons. Is this the will of God? Could you take it as God speaking directly to you, saying, I desire, I want you to prosper. (laughs) I want you to be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Now, you know, you Gave the right answer most of you just then, but do you know most church-going people don't believe that? They have a real aversion to that word prosper. They think it's error. And there are some folks that uh, twist scriptures, in my opinion, and and, uh, misapply things. And there are some preachers who are just crooks. But that doesn't mean all preachers are crooks. There's some doctors who are crooks. There's some lawyers who are crooks. But that doesn't mean all lawyers are crooks. Doesn't mean all do- right? You got a Bible. You got the Holy Spirit. And if you listen to him, he'll let you know who's right and who's not right. Who to get involved with, who not to get involved with. But the enemy does not want you believing that God wants you to prosper. Now another word for prosper, if you look up these words, that's translated this in the New Testament, it basically means to succeed. Success. He's saying, I desire above all things that you succeed. Well, does God want you to fail? Or succeed? Which one's His will? Well, part of success, not all of it, but part of it is monetary. Part of it's material. Part of it's financial. I mean, you had to have something material and financial 
just to have some clothes on you and some food in you and get here. Is that right? There had to be some prosperity in this church or there'd be no building. There'd be no live internet right now. There'd be no, wouldn't be any Pacific Asia trip. Right? So he said, I, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In Psalm 35, notice this. Psalm 35 and verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. Say what continually? Let the Lord be magnified. That's not the whole sentence. Which has pleasure in the prosperity or success of his servant. Is it true that God takes pleasure? Boy, to hear some folks talk, it irritates God for you to make much money. Well, if that's true, how many of you have children? I want to see. Raise your hand. You got children. Well, does it, would it bless you to see your children broke, kicked out of their house or apartment and in the street, no way to go, hungry? Would that please you and go, yeah, well, they'll learn something now. Does that please you? Well, then our Father God would be out of harmony with every good parent if it pleases him for us to be broke and hurt. It's a terrible tragedy that people will die today on this planet for lack of a decent meal to eat. That's poverty. That's poverty to the extreme. Well, not being able to pay your utility bill is the same stuff just a much lesser measure. Lack is lack. Just different degrees of it. It's either the will of God or it's not the will of God. It's either a blessing or it's not a blessing. People talk about, yeah, you know, I lost everything and, and, and this and that. and Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. No, no, no. Sickness is not a blessing in disguise. It's a curse. Poverty is not a blessing in disguise. It's a curse. It's either the work of God or it's not the work of God. What pleases your father? The prosperity of his servant. Look in Psalm 112. Psalm 112, 1 through 3. Verse 1, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord that delights greatly in his commandments. Is that you? You reverence the Lord? You delight in what he tells you to do? Well, then this is talking about you. His seed will be mighty on the earth. That's talking about your kids and your grandkids. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Is that you? You don't want to miss out on that. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Say what? Say what? Did they tell you this in your church where you came from? <laughs> Did I make this up? Did I write this? Wealth and riches 
She'll be in his house, so he's got a house. God wants you to have your own, so you're not bumming off of somebody else, and so he can control it through you. Boy, I've seen a lot of tough situations of churches and ministries that were in rented and borrowed facilities and things were going good and then the owner said, no, you got to be out next month. No, you can't go that long. No, you can't preach that. No, we don't like that. Well, the borrower is servant to the lender. Can you see that? The renter is servant to the owner. And I'm not, I'm not knocking that. It's okay, but there's something higher. The Lord wants you to have your own so he can control it through you and so that you can do whatever he tells you to do with it. There's a higher way of functioning. Enough. You know, be thankful for what you've got, but don't you stop there. Have a higher vision that you could actually have your own. Somebody say it out loud. Wealth, Wealth. and riches. riches. See, a lot of folks have a hard time even saying that in church. Well, this is an example of the Word of God being made of no effect by the traditions of men. We should boldly proclaim the Word of God. Say it out loud. I want you to say it pretty loud because we're going to break something off. Say it out loud. Well, and riches. Shall be in his house. Shall be in his house. Okay. All right. His righteousness endures forever. And verse 9 tells you what he's doing with some of that wealth and riches. He has dispersed. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. Is this the will of God? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Go with me, please, to 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. Thank you, Father. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. Now, uh, just because you find out something's the will of God, that doesn't mean it just automatically falls on you. You have to lay hold of it by faith. Verse 12 in this chapter says that, 1 Timothy 6.12, says fight, the good fight of faith. What's the next two words? Lay hold. Lay hold. You can't be passive about the things of God. The Lord has given things to us, but we must possess it and lay hold of it by faith. And there's an enemy that will resist you and oppose you from doing that. You've got to be persistent. That's where the fight comes in. And in verse 17 he says this. Charge them that are rich in this world. Everybody say rich. rich. That they get rid of them riches. Because <laughs> you can't serve God with that. No, money's not the problem. People say, well, money's the root of all evil. Just ain't so. That's not true. Not what the Bible said at all. What did the Bible say? The love of money. It's not the same as money. You can love money and have none. 
nothing, no money. Well, if you can love money and have no money, then you could have a lot of money and not love money too. It's the covetousness is the issue, not the money. And that's what he's saying. Those that are rich, what's the issue? Don't be snooty, high-minded, puffed up, think you something big. You know, that expensive car doesn't make you anything. You steal you. We know you. <laughs> that big ring, that expensive watch, that big house, that doesn't make you somebody big. You steal you. And if you get to thinking you're all that because, you know, you got some things, that's the problem. Not the money, not the car, not the house. It's your wrong thinking. High-minded. And don't trust in it because it can be gone like that. And if your identity is in that house and that car and that money, then if you lose it, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you are. And you brought nothing into this world and you never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You cannot take any of it with you. So everything down here is very, very temporary. It's just, just to be used for a little while. Don't trust in the uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who what? Gives us richly all things to enjoy. Does that sound like these other verses? That you prosper and be in health. That God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Does that sound like the same thing? He gives us richly all things to enjoy. The Lord will give you some things that you don't even need. You just enjoy them. I say that because some things you enjoy more than singular. I enjoy it. Richly. Say it out loud. My Father gives me richly all things to enjoy. Keep going, verse 18. That they what? He didn't just say get rid of the riches. Do good with the riches. Be what? If you're rich in money, you can be rich in good works. Oh, come on, can you see this? You can't do anything with what you don't have. If you have a little, you can do a little. If you have more, you can do more. If you have a lot, you can do a lot. I, I didn't, Friday night I took the time and went over it, but as a church, let me remind you, when we were there in um, Singapore, we ministered to ministers there. When we were there in um, Brisbane, the ministers reminded me that we as a church sowed into starting a Bible school there. Seventy-some thousand dollars a few years ago, and they had a whole delegation from Papua New Guinea at that new school in those meetings. I laid hands on them. Can you say glory to God? Well, and then in Samoa, the ship that we helped sow into that ministry, and we support every month substantially, 
had just come back from three years of going to islands where there is no infrastructure, no airports, no, the, the last island they went to, there was no electricity, no outside contact with the world. And the people there had never heard of Genesis and Adam and Eve. They had never heard of Jesus. And the whole village came to the Lord. Praise God. Well, you add all that up, that's uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars that you and and I as as the churches and ministry sowed into that. Good works. It takes money. Right? God want us to have it or not have it? Did he want that island to be reached or not reached? Can you see this? Do we want them to keep going? Those guys in Samoa had been gone three years out on that ship, going to these different islands, away from their wives and their families. And I thought, well, man, I ain't been gone a month. You know? (laughs) If they can be gone three years... I can be gone a month. How many understand? We need to be reminded of the scriptures. You got to be willing to make some sacrifices. Is that right? For the kingdom and for the word of God. And if these guys are willing to do this, we can sure support them. Right? We can put fuel in the tanks. We can say, hey, go. Do it. How many want to do it some more? Some more? Well, in order to do it some more, you got to have some more (laughs) the Lord didn't want the church to have some more you are the church he wants you to have more individually nobody said you had to spend it all on yourself (laughs) let's keep going (laughs) be rich in good works ready to distribute willing to communicate Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may, there's that term again, lay hold on eternal life. Praise be to God. The Lord needs some rich disciples. (laughs) Not everybody (laughs) will even believe this. Which is why it's all the more important that some do. What are you talking about, Brother Keith? He needs some rich disciples. Let me give you the, uh, one of the prime examples of what I'm talking about. First of all, in Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, you don't have to turn there. Why don't you go to Matthew 27 for time's sake? Matthew 27. And put up on the screen, please, Ecclesiastes 9.14. Who wants the church broke? Who would want that? The enemy is called the God of this world. And in this world, money is power. And so the devil wants all of it. He wants all the money and all the, all the power under his control. The Bible said the whole world lies under the power of the evil one in darkness. And the devil wants the church despised. He wants the, the ungodly, unbelieving world to look down on us. 
and despise us as insignificant, as, you know, undesirable. He wants people, unbelievers, to look at believers and go, I don't want to live that life. I mean, if being a Christian is living like that and being like that, I don't want to do that. He wants us despised. But what does the Bible say draws men to repentance? Seeing the goodness. Oh, somebody say the goodness. The goodness, not, not the hardness of God. The goodness of God is what draws them in by the millions. So can you see why the devil fights so hard? He doesn't want people seeing the truth about how good God is. He will fight it. He fights healing because healing's the goodness of God. Is that right? He fights abundance because that's the goodness of God. And who doesn't want to be healed? Who doesn't want their bills paid? It's the goodness of God. So he try, the enemy tries, and he has sadly convinced millions of people that if you really believe in God and you go the way of the Christian, you'll probably be sick, but just suffer for the glory of God, and you sure won't have any money. And if you're going to preach the gospel, oh man, are you going to be poor. If you're going to be a preacher, double poor, because you can't be holy without being poor. Lies. Lies. Not scripture. Contrary to scripture. Here it says uh, in Ecclesiastes in the wisdom of God it says there was a little city a few men in it there came a great king against it besieged it built bulwarks against it keep going there was found in it a poor wise man what kind of wise man? Poor. poor. He by his wisdom delivered the city yet no man remembered that same what? Poor man. Poor man. Then I said wisdom is better than strength nevertheless the poor man's wisdom is what? Despised. Despised and his words are what? Not heard. Not heard. Does God want his wisdom despised? No. Does he want his words heard or not heard? heard. Go into all the world and what? The Does he want his words heard? Yes. Can you see why the enemy wants the church broke? He doesn't want us to have any resources, any influence, he wants us to be despised, doesn't want our needs met. Anybody considering being a Christian, he wants them to look at our life and go, no, thanks. I don't want that. But the opposite is true. The Lord wants the blessing to be manifest on us. Rich is a relative term. It's not a dollar amount. It's an abundant supply. Come on, can you see that? And there's a lot more to being rich than money. So many of the most important things money can't buy. But the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. The goodness of the Lord. You know, when, when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. The Lord said, uh, I'm going to cause my goodness to pass before you. He used the word goodness interchangeable with glory. If you've seen the goodness of God, you've seen the glory of God. Is he good? Yes. Or is he good? Yes. How good is he? Oh, How good is he? Is he efficiency apartment good? Yeah, he is. That's better than being on the street. 
Yes, he is. But is that as good as he can be? Is he have on your own apartment good? Yeah. yeah. Is that as good as he can be? Is he own your own house good? Is he own big house good? Is, is, is he that good? Is he get you a bicycle good? Yeah, he is. That's better than walking. Is he get you a good used car good? He is. But is that as good as he can be? No. Is he, is he new car good? Come on. Huh? New Rolls Royce good. See, there's some point where people show, they go, mm, no, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, that's no. Well, is that because he can't do it? Or he doesn't want to do it? See, now you heard the hesitancy. I don't know if he wants to or not. It's not about him. The Bible said they've turned and limited the Holy One of Israel. It's about small thinking. It's about fear. It's about wrong thinking, tradition, lack of faith. These are the things we have to overcome. No, it's not about stockpiling and accumulating things. But you must have more than what you need or you can't give to other people. Come on, can you see that? The excess in your life is your ministry. You need much more than what it takes to operate you. Are you not going to be affecting other people? Can you say amen or oh me? Or? Now in uh, Matthew 27, did you find it? Matthew 27, when Jesus was uh, went to the cross, he was crucified, and he offered himself up for us, gave up the ghost, and they took his body down from the cross. When they took his body down, remember he's He's treated as a criminal. And uh, his disciples were very concerned about what they might do with his body. Are they just going to go throw it in a ditch or what, what are they going to do? And so uh, verse 57, Matthew 27, 57. When the even was come, there came a, <laughs> a what? <laughs> Have you read this account or not? So in this account, is rich man a good thing or a bad thing? There came a what? Rich man. <laughs> we need mind renewal. Even to look at the word rich in a positive light. There came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph. Who also himself was what? Jesus. So he is a rich, rich disciple. He's a rich disciple. Could there be such a thing as a rich disciple that it was actually the will of God for the disciple to be rich? Do you mind if I preach a little bit and wave my hands? And... See, we're... We're bucking up against hundreds of years of tradition telling us, no, 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 rich, oh, no, rich people going to hell, rich, rich, no, you don't want to be rich. Yeah, you do. We even sing songs. He used to, I don't sing them, but the church used to sing, you know, I don't want any of this old world's goods. I do. Send them to me. 
And the folk that sung it lied. Because they got some of these world goods. And they'll turn right around and ask you to help them get some more. Inconsistent. (laughs) Somebody say, rich man. Rich man. Rich disciple. He went to Pilate. Verse 58. And begged the body of Jesus. Now, you know, probably couldn't just anybody get to Pilate without an appointment. Is that right? But he did. Right then. On the spot. Wonder how come. Come on, help me out. Wonder. Somebody comes in and says, uh, whatever his title was, Mr. Pilate, sir. Somebody's wanting to see you. He says, I'm busy. Is he having an appointment? No, no. Well, who is he? <laughs> it's Joseph of Arimathea. Oh, you mean the one that owns half the town? Yeah, okay, let him in. Let him in. So he comes in and he pleads for the body of Jesus. And what happens? Pilate, is this important on this day? Is this the plan of God? That somebody needed to be there with a lot of money. A believer who cared about the plan of God and the things of God and the master needed to be at the right place at the right time with a whole lot of money. Does the Lord still need things like this today? He does. Needed rich disciples are needed. And because so many people will not believe what I'm telling you today, it's all the more important that those who are open to it will do it. They will receive it. And they will stay after it until they get to a place where in times like this, the Lord can tap them on the shoulder and say, "You, I want you to go over there and do this. I want you to go over there and underwrite that. And if you're having to work five jobs, or three, or two, and you can barely pay your utility bill, you don't have the freedom or the means. But if the Lord's got you to the place where you can take four days off, you can fly yourself over there, you can find out what's going on. You can write a check or a wire and you can underwrite part of that or whatever he tells you to do. Is there kingdom business going on in the world that needs support all over the world? And there needs to be people who will be in this category. He went to Pilate. He begged the body of Jesus. Pilate said, sure, you can have the body. So now, instead of Jesus body being in the hands of who knows who and winding up where somebody who loves him has got complete control of his funeral, what's happening to his body. Is this important or is this important? This is important. The Lord wants us to have some control in some situations. And part of that is favor and part of it is having resources. So Joseph went and got the body. And all the, how many think all the believers around there breathed a big sigh of relief and thought, thank God. Thank God we got some rich disciples in our midst. He, he went and got the body. He wrapped it in clean linen cloth. He's honoring it and taking care of it and went and laid it in his own 
new tomb which he had hewn out of the rock. Now what is this? This is a, what do they call it? Mausoleum? This is, have anybody priced any of these things? I'm not talking about a plot of ground. I'm talking about a stone place of burial, very expensive. I've been involved in some of these things for other people to, and know some of the costs. It, it is super pricey. And who did Joseph get this for? Himself. This was his own brand new tomb. About to tell you, who knows what it would have cost? Half million dollars? I don't know, more? Depending on what it was. Everything's relative. It took a lot of, I mean, somebody worked and chiseled this out and polished it and made a stone place to lay the body. I mean, there's a lot of work and a lot of money. But he didn't realize it. He wasn't just getting it ready for himself. He got it ready for the Lord. And he was able to do it because he was rich. Somebody say rich disciple. Does the Lord still need some rich disciples? Rich disciples. Rich disciples. I heard a, a Jewish joke one time about this. I think I've already told you, but I'll tell you it again. Some, somebody might not have been there. And they said, uh, Joseph, is it true? You, uh, you gave your tomb to Jesus when he was killed. And he said, uh, Joseph said, uh, Oi, it was only for three days. <laughs> Just loaned it to him for three days. So I guess he, you know, he got to use it later, right? Joseph did. <laughs> but at that moment, come on, put yourself there. At that moment, everybody is so shocked, so hurt. What do you think this meant to Jesus' mother? Is everybody awake? What would this mean to Jesus' mother, seeing him hanging on that cross and not knowing what they're going to, if they're going to mutilate his body, if they're going to you know, abuse it, what they're going to do. They're going to throw it in some trash heap or something. And here Joseph comes. Oh, praise God. Gets right in to see Pilate. Gets complete control of the situation. Has the most perfect, secure place you could use. How many understand? They don't put the most expensive mausoleums in the cheap part of town. I mean, this is a secure place. This is the best place. And then they rolled the great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Does the Lord still need such things today? People that can, at His direction, step up and have the favor and have the access and have the resources. Somebody was telling me a Back years ago, somebody was flying first class. Oh, this would have been back, I don't know, almost 40 years ago now. And somebody said something about it. It was a, it was a preacher. And they said, he's, he's fly, you're flying first class? He said, yeah. He said, people in first class need to be witnessed to also. <laughs> it's amazing how, you know, folks can get prejudiced 
against wealthy people. Just like people can be prejudiced against poor people. Either one's wrong. No, how many would like for the Lord to be able to use you in not just a severely limited way? Only to this specific little. How many would like for the Lord to be able to use you in different places? Different places. Thank you, Lord. Boy, the Lord so blessed us on this trip. On a, I don't know if they showed it or not, but on that night at the graduation, I was sitting beside the prime minister of the country there. You saw me getting to pray for the king. And one of the things that he said, we, were, we got to spend a few minutes with him back in the back. Of course, it's a small country. But uh, he asked us when we were leaving, we said, well, tomorrow. And he wanted to know because they didn't have flights in there all the time. Well, how are you leaving? And I didn't want to just bring it up, but we said, well, well, in our plane. He looked at his wife. He said, very few have come here in their own plane. But I'm talking to the king. Come around with me or not. It's because you did it. You sent it and all the partners. And you said, I believe in this. And since you sowed into this kind of thing. We, the church has this kind of ability. What should happen? Come on, help me out. What should happen? Everybody that has sown into this should reap similar level of ability into your life, your ministry. Is that right? Your, your business, whatever it is. But it doesn't just fall on you. You have to believe it. And you have to go for it. You have to reach for it. Say it. Lay hold of it. And if you don't see it all in a month or two, you don't quit. You don't give up. You keep This thing, this trip we just made, 22 years getting there. Somebody say 22, 22, 22 years. 22 years getting there. You just have to stay after it. And if you experience a setback, you don't cry. You don't give up. You go, none of these things move me. God is faithful. God is faithful. This is his will. No matter what I'm seeing or not seeing, it's his will for me to have way more than what I need, resources. God needs some rich disciples. Would you volunteer? Come on, who, who would stand up if you would volunteer and say, Lord, if you need me, I'll be a rich disciple. Come on, you better take this serious because he can do it. He can do it. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Lift up your hands. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I give you the glory. Lord, I give you the honor. Lord, I praise you. I bless you. Let me lead you in a prayer. And then we might pray in the Spirit for just a moment too. Say it out loud. Father God, I believe in your goodness. No matter what others say, you are a good God. And you take pleasure in the prosperity and success of your servant. Help me to overcome wrong thinking, traditional thinking, ungodly religious thinking 
that has gotten in the way of your truth. Help me to identify it and lay it aside and get it out of me. Help me to see things through your eyes, your values, your priorities, and I submit myself to your will and your ways. And I say, here am I, Lord. Use me. I'm willing to allow your resources to come not just to me, but also through me. And I'd be glad to do it in Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.